following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's time for the MSP North podcast covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery counties. Here are your hosts with Blaine Keller, Brady McAtamney. Hey, 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 how are we doing, guys? Welcome back to the MSP North podcast. My name is Brady. I'm here with Blaine. Blaine, how are we doing today? Hanging in there. You know, Wednesdays are always a pretty busy morning after some high school hoops on Tuesday, but uh, you're no stranger to that. That's right. You know, it's uh, we're, we're coming up soon on tournament play, and uh, we got an awesome show for you today. Uh, as usual, we're going to do our players of the week, uh, some upcoming games of the week, our one thing segment, and we got some, uh, two great interviews for you today. Um, we're going to talk to uh, Rossview boys basketball head coach Johnny Jackson soon, but uh, we're actually starting off the show with uh, Carl Miller, the head coach of White House Heritage boys basketball team, coming off a big win last night against Harpeth. Uh, Carl, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, it's our pleasure. Yeah, Coach, you know, last night a 49-46 to 46 win against Harpeth. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it on the show last week. You, you had a couple guys go down for the season, and Gavin Burnett and Hayden Thompson, and needed the role players to step up. And, you know, you avenge an earlier loss in the season to Harpeth. And, you know, it's just such such a big deal for the District 9 AA standings. Talk to me about that game and what, what changed from that first matchup. Well, we played a lot better defense, and we, we scored the ball a little bit more last night. You know, playing at home always helps in, in, in both of those capacities. Um, you know, you talk about the, the two kids that went down. One of them was our second leading scorer, Hayes Thompson, and then our first uh, player off the bench, Gavin Burnett. But we had already lost <clears throat> two or three players for various things uh, early in the season. So it's kind of been, you know, the next man up mentality. And uh, just really proud of the, the younger kids that have fought and scratched and, and, and played really well. I've got two – had two kids starting last year that didn't even dress uh, as uh, on our varsity last year. Of course, we had seven seniors. but So, uh, they're, they're learning. Uh, the game is, uh, you know, played at a faster pace, a lot more skill and physicality. And um, But they, they played really well last night. Uh, I think we led most of the game. I think Harpeth did come back and, and take the lead maybe in the third quarter. Um, we have not been able to, to close out these close games, and I think some of that's just uh, part of the maturation process. Um, but last night we were able to, to close it out and get a win, and it, you know, it being a district game was big for us. Yeah, Carl, you guys had a, a long losing streak in the, kind of the middle of this season. Um, how important, crucial was it for you guys to get on the other side of that, to break that and just kind of get that monkey off your back? Well, we, we got it off our back last week against Sycamore, so we won two district games back-to-back, but we did lose six in a row, and I, I think it started um, with the Portland game where we were up by 11 with 55 seconds to go and, and found a way to lose that one. So it kind of spiraled downhill after that, and then we had the two injuries. So, you know, just uh, coming off some adversity there and trying to fight it off and put it behind us and, and, and get back to uh, uh, winning again, learning how to win, and um, – you know, last night they did that. They, you know, Harper's a good basketball team, and we have a lot of respect for them. And our our district's pretty tough, uh, top to bottom. So, 
you know, just to, to, to pull out a win and put ourselves back in kind of the middle of the pack. Against, you know, we got a chance to even finish second if we can win Thursday and Friday. Uh, now, I know that's going to be tough, but uh, to try to get us back in the middle of the pack to avoid that playing game is big. And your team on Thursday travels to Fairview and on Friday will host Cheatham County to close out the regular season. And you mentioned how tough this district is. You know, Fairview still, I think, receiving votes in the Associated Press poll. And Cheatham County, yourself, and Harpeth, I believe, are now all three and three in district play. It, it's a really competitive district. And what do you think makes it that way? Well, I, you know, we're, we're all um, pretty equal when, it, when the ball is tipped, but we're all different style of teams. And I think, you know, matchups come into play when you talk about stuff like that. You know, um, Harpeth has got some really good guards. Uh, they shoot the ball well. They got a six foot eight center. Um, they got some other really good role players that step in and do, and he's, his bench is deep, unlike mine. Um, Cheatham County is similar. Uh, those guys have been starting a couple of them since they were freshmen um, with uh, Maverick Lee, and and, and um, they got a couple of guards that can shoot it really well. Uh, our situation's a little different, like I said, with playing some of the younger guys that that lack experience. Uh, but we do have three seniors um, that are providing some of that experience for us. And uh, Tay France is our point guard, uh, Brandon Rosa, and of course Daniel Bell. So our advantage. Um, uh, it's what helps us. You know, we may not put the best team on the floor every night, but when you have Daniel Bell, you always have a chance. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Daniel Bell. He's obviously one of the better players um, in your district, if not the entire state. Um, how important is are, are his contributions to the team, and who are some role players that have kind of stepped up around him to, you know, maybe take a little bit off his shoulders? Well, Daniel's averaging right about 22 or uh, 23 points a game. Um, he's almost double figures in rebounds, and he's going to get three or four block shots a game. So um, those numbers are, are huge. And, you know, we know that um, teams are going to you know, zone in on that and focus on stopping him first. So we've talked about um, everybody else's job on the team and what their responsibilities and, and not putting that kind of pressure on Daniel that everybody's going to have to step up. Randall Rosa had a really good game last night. Uh, it was senior night, so it was good for him as a senior to step up. Um, I think he had 13 points and about six rebounds. Um, and then, like I said, we've had we've had some younger guys. We we started a little bit different lineup last night. We went smaller um, to uh, to combat their guards that were so good defensively. Uh, AJ Lopez, he's he's a, he's a young man. He's a junior, but he's never dressed varsity up until this year. And uh, has just worked himself into a starting role, and he he's got a motor on him, and uh, can play really good defense and get turnovers. He had, I think, 15 against Sycamore the other night, and then Dylan Tate has started for us all year. Dylan is another one that didn't dress for us last year, but he's a, a super defender. So um, we need him on the floor. We usually put Dylan on the other team's best player uh, almost every single game. But Tay Francis, our point guard, is kind of what makes us go. And um, and those five right now are starting, and we have several that come off the bench. You get a decent minutes: Asher Green, Eli Woodis, Ian Hall, and then we've even gone as deep as to, to play some sophomores and freshmen as well. Just try to get them some experience going into the tournament. And coach, you know, you mentioned last year you guys had seven seniors. So when it came to the rotation, it's not like you had 
a ton of tinkering to do, maybe. You Last year, you, know, you had experience and you had guys that you had guys, you know, that kind of figure it out. Is it different this year, you know, kind of having to tinker around and, and find some guys, you know, through the adversities? Yes, it's, it's a lot different this year, this team versus last year. And, and just the, the fact that we did have those seven seniors and all seven of them were going to play. We and then and then we had the three juniors. You got to throw Daniel Bell in there with those seven seniors and Tay and Brandor. So we had a ten man rotation last year, and I think that was a huge part of our success is having that depth. Um, this year, we're trying to find that depth. And like I said, with the injuries and suspensions, you know, we just had to have a lot of kids. Uh, step up and fill those roles and hopefully we're headed in the right direction um, like I said we got two tough games this week at the end of the week with Fairview and Tatum so we'll see how it plays out yeah and you guys I mean we, we've talked about these last couple of weeks you guys have gotten some pretty big wins uh, you guys started off very strong too before that losing streak came in have you guys kind of reverted back to doing anything that you were doing in that strong start or is there anything that you guys have kind of gotten back to that you might have lost well, I mean, we haven't done anything in terms of uh, culture or, or what we emphasize in terms of defense. Now, um, we, we've had to adjust some things offensively based on, you know, having new kids in there and what we want to accomplish to try to get um, some of these other kids to score and take some pressure off Daniel. But not, not a whole lot, nothing extreme. Um, but, you know, the key for us has just been trying to get these younger kids some, some of the – experience and, and help them mature into varsity basketball players. So if you guys win out, you, you mentioned that you could finish second in district nine, two a let's say that things don't go your way. Uh, you know, Thursday night at Fairview, their senior night. Have you looked at all the tiebreakers? I mean, when you've got three teams that are three and three right now, how, how does that play out, you know, with a win or a loss against Cheetah? Well, I have. I probably shouldn't have, <laughs> but but I have. I haven't shared a lot with my team yet. You know, we're just trying to focus on taking one game at a time. But as most coaches do, you do kind of look to see. Um, like I said earlier, we, we want to try to avoid that four seed to, to not have to play in that four or five um, play-in game and, and also be on the same side of the bracket as Fairview, which is they are the clear choice for number one. <laughs> they are a very good basketball team. You see – after you played that four or five, if you happen to win, you know, your semifinal game is with Fairview. So, yes, we've looked at that, or I've looked at that. Um, this is – I'm not sure if, if you all have all the, the correct standings or not, but and I don't have it in front of me. But if it came down to us three, Harpus, Cheatham, and us, tied with the same record, um, the second place would go to Harpus. Because the next step is you look at who you've beaten above you. And Harpeth has beaten Fairview. That's their only loss in the district. So they are probably looking at finishing second. Um, unless we went, unless we beat Fairview and Cheatham, then we would be second. If, uh, and of course they still have to play Sycamore. So if we end up with a tie with Cheatham, if, since we split, um, and we, Beat if say Harpeth finished second, Cheatham lost to Harpeth both times, and we beat Harpeth, so that would put us in third. So lots of scenarios, <laughs> and like I said, right now I'm just telling my team we're going to focus on one game at a time, let 
things play out like they should. Yeah. Uh, well, Carl, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second here, give you a chance to possibly earn some bragging rights for next week. Uh, we are a basketball podcast, but I uh, can't ignore that the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. Uh, I want to give you a chance to uh, give us your prediction for the Super Bowl. And, you know, if you're right, then you get to tell everyone that you were right. <laughs> well, be a shot in the dark, but I'm going to say the Bengals by three. The Bengals by three. Book it. You heard it here. Yeah. All right. Pulling the upset. All right. Well, thank you, Carl. Give us a a score prediction, too. I mean, you know, if you go in the score books, you know, MGM, you got to put in a score, too. 27-24 Bengals. Oh, shootout. See see Burrow and Stafford throwing throwing for a lot of touchdowns, huh? Yep. All right. Well, Carl, thank you so much. Uh, we, we really appreciate you joining us today and uh, best of luck for the rest of this week and heading into that district tournament. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for everything you do for these uh, high school athletes and for high school sports. Hey, it is our pleasure, man. All right. That was Carl Miller, head coach of the White House Heritage boys basketball team, the Patriots. Got a big rest of the week coming up. Um, Blaine, before we get to Johnny Jackson, why don't we get into our players of the week? Uh, you want to start us off? Sure. You know, last night I was at White House High School and um, it was a huge district matchup, uh, de facto district championship in uh, nine AAA. And uh, Marley Hyde for, for White House is my girls player of the week for White House. They dropped that game, you know, and they ended up locking in the second seed for the girls' side of 9-3A. But, you know, Marley had 15 points. And in my opinion, she's probably the best sophomore in the county. You know, she she plays down low. She has soft hands and finishes around the rim well. And, you know, White House is a really good defensive team. And, you know, they struggle on offense sometimes. But what they do lack at times on the offensive side, Marley can kind of make up for. And I think the county's starting to notice that, the county area, if you will. So I'll, I'll go Marley Hyde, and I think she's going to really show out, you know, in these next couple of years. Yeah, my girls' player of the week, I'm going uh, back to Clarksville Academy, who I think I went to last week. But this time it's going to be Satara Warren. She was their leading scorer in a couple of their wins. They've won like five games in the past week or something, so it's been a busy week for them. She's had a couple of really big games for them. Um and, uh, you know, she, she's, I think she's like six one maybe as just a junior. So she's, uh, she's a massive presence for them in the post. And, uh, you know, they, they've got a chance to get to the district tournament coming up at the end of this week. Um, and she's been a big presence for them. Um, she won round one and kind of to just touch on that briefly, you know, good pasture, the, one of the top seeds in that tournament upset in round one to DCA. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Very surprising. So that means Clarksville Academy, instead of getting that uh, third game with good pasture, uh, we'll be playing DCA, so uh, very interesting stuff. Now, um, now we're going to put our boys' player of the week on hold. Um, we're going to leave you guys hanging for that one, and we're going to go in to Johnny Jackson, head coach of the Rossview Hawks, second place in District 13 4A. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so that means uh, you're going to be listening to this after we uh, after their their game tonight is played. But they got a big one coming up against the Clarksville Wildcats tonight. Johnny, how you doing, man? Game day, boys. Hey, that's that's the best. The, those are the, some of the best words in the English language, huh? Oh man, it's uh, it's uh, we're fixing to have a pep assembly up in here. Uh, it's a uh, good day to be a hawk. 
we're uh, we're excited about tonight. Pep assembly, huh? What's uh, what's on tap for that? Uh, who knows, man? All I know is when we play Clarksville High, we have Pep assembly. Old school being here. Uh, you never know. Might be a wildcat mascot running around. <laughs> so usually a good time. Oh, hey, yeah. Coach, it, it's a big, you know, big district game that Brady alluded to. You know, Clarksville hasn't lost in the district, and you guys, your one loss is to Clarksville. So, you know, easy one to start. You know, you look back a couple weeks ago, and you guys lose to Clarksville at their place. What, what's what's the biggest difference tonight, if you can tell us anything, since it's a little bit pregame? Well, I mean, what I can tell you is that we went over there and laid an egg. Um I thought they shot real well over there. We, we shot like 18% from the floor. So uh, at our house, I hopefully we don't have one of those nights. But uh, we're, we're, we've just gotten a lot better since then. I think it was a nice, humble wake-up call. And uh, we stringed together four in a row, four district games in a row. And uh, by margins of 30, 29, uh, 16. Um, so we're uh, – playing real well right now so i'm just excited to guys get to go out there and play in front of the big crowd and and hopefully take care of the business yeah you mentioned how well you guys have been playing lately um and you guys had a lot of room to grow from the start of this season you guys had a lot of guys who didn't have a ton of varsity experience especially not in big games like you'll be playing tonight uh tell us about some of the growth that you've just seen from your team overall and, and you can get into some specific players as well if you'd like but uh, what's been the biggest difference about your team from November to today? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is you know, that the inexperienced upperclassmen now have experience and now have understood their role. You know, when we first started out, I mean, we, we lost a big piece. And I, I haven't brought it up before, but losing Ronald Jessamy, um, you know, was huge for us. That was one of the top players in the state, and now he's at, uh, Oak Hill Academy, one of the top programs in the country. And, um, you know, we we were used to, on the defensive end, we could play a little extra hard out there because he blocked shots behind us. And, uh, but this year, our our other guys who, uh, you know, just didn't get – we had eight seniors last year, and uh, a lot of those guys played a lot of the minutes. And, uh, you know, some of the older guys now are, are learning their role. Um, and they uh, – I think the unselfishness has been really big for us. I think some guys were, were trying to do too much and pressure themselves to do too much. But our sophomore class has been phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Landon Hankemeyer, uh, Jacob Edwards, Cam Ward have been really good. Those three guys, we had four dunks the other night against Kenwood on Monday, and three of them by sophomores. Um, we're just – more athletic than we've been in the past. Um, I think Ty Butler playing point has been uh, has been solid for us. Julian Hatfield, the last uh, I don't know, I think the last four or five games has averaged probably fourteen and a half and and uh, eight boards. And in the hope of the first part of the season, he just uh, struggled. But uh, inside. Seneca Bradley has been really good for us. It's a football kid who's really strong, but it's taken him a while to get back into basketball shape, and he's finally in it now, and, and he's played just really well for us. 
And coach, you kind of, you know, Brady talked about the growth a little bit from the beginning of the season. And, you know, I think a loss to Cheatham County kind of comes to mind for me, you know, early on in the year. But for you personally, you mentioned your large senior class and losing Ron Jessamy. How has this been different for you, you know, kind of dealing with a brand new class and, you know, trying to still have a competitive team across the course of a season? Well, I just think that, you know, we all just had to reevaluate. I think that, uh, you know, what we thought we were uh, coming into the fall was not what we were. And uh, for me, it just made me a better coach to, you know, try to find the right button. We're playing 12 guys. We are that deep right now because our sophomore class is that good. And it's pushing, uh, it's pushing our starters and, I mean, we start two sophomores in that group. At one point in the year, we were starting a freshman in the post in Houston, a bear, um, six four, you know, two fifteen kid. Um, but now it just uh, what it's done is just every practice is just a battle. So if everyone's competing for minutes, your practices are going to be better, uh, which makes me a better coach because then you're trying to figure out right combinations. Uh, and I just feel like right now everyone's pushing everybody in practice. So if you make a mistake on the floor, you're coming. Um, and I think what we were really concentrating on early was our offensive game. And right now we're just we're realizing defense and rebounding is gonna gonna take us the farthest. Yeah. So you know we talked about Ron Jessamy. Um, you know you lost other guys like Tim Williams. Um, Spencer Mims, just a lot of really good, talented players. But not only that, you were also missing Messiah Ward for really the first half of this season. Um, now that he's back, uh, what kind of impact has he had uh, on the team? Well, I think he gets a guy who can create off the, off the bounce. Um, you know, Messiah is, uh, is not shot it as well as he did last year, but what he has done is uh, expand the rest of his game defensively. Uh, he did a great job the other night on uh, – on Washington out of Kenwood, um, and, and he's becoming—he's become just a less selfish with the ball. Um, he, last year, it was any shot that he thought he thought he could make everything, and now he's making better decisions. Um, so once we got him back, it gave us even more depth. And uh, yeah, I just like where we are right now. I just like the attitude. The guys are want to come to practice. You know, sometimes it, if you got guys with a lot of experience, you know, practices become you know, mundane, but it's not with this group. Uh, we had a good practice yesterday, getting ready for Clarksville High, had some fun. You know, I switched it up. I, I'm not a guy who, who's going to get locked down on one thing, and this is all we do. I mean, we did a lot of fun things yesterday, and the guys were all excited. Hopefully it all carries over to tonight. And, and you know, we, we mentioned the, the district record, you guys 5-1 and one in 13-4A. Do you think the excitement has something to do with it, too, when you've got – eager kind of players does that help you know with practices and maybe preparing for other teams in games that maybe older guys will kind of look up yeah i don't think we overlook anybody uh, you you mentioned uh you know losing to cheatham early we lost to hendersonville early and those were you know an overtime and uh, a buzzer beater shot um but our, our our schedule has been unbelievable uh and I looked on, I think it's y'all's, I think it's Main Street Prep, top 15, and we had played um, five of those teams in the top 15. We went across the border and played uh, 
Warren Central in Kentucky was ranked number three. So our record, overall record, you know, at 12 and 10 is not that great. But, um, you know, we thought we were going to load up on our schedule this year and we'll do it again next year. We'll do it again the next year over that. It just doesn't do us any good. We're not worried about the wins. We're worried about getting better for the tournament. Um, so, yeah, the guys are young. Uh, they're they're coachable. Uh, and I, I just think it, it makes me want to get up and, and get to practice and, uh, and not skip out on anything. Hey, well, a team that's looking forward to practice. I mean, if, if you can make those exciting and you can look forward to those, I think you're you're probably having a decent little season now. Um, I want I want to jump ahead a little bit, looking toward the district tournament. Of course, we don't exactly know totally how the seedings are gonna work out yet. Um, I know we, we're, you guys are gonna be in that number two seed, but um, perhaps more importantly, uh, no, 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 no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You guys still have that chance to get to number one. I'm sorry. I, I whoa, Brady. Got to pump the brakes, Brady. That's why we're playing tonight, man. That's right. And this one tonight. Then Thursday we play uh, West Creek at West Creek, and we'll be tied for first if if Clarksville High can take care of their business. They still have some games left to play, also. That's right. You you got you got me in you got me in 4K there. That's that's my bad. Um, Um, You guys guys are, are in the number two seed right now. Have a chance to get to that number one seed. And you're also going to be hosting that district tournament, correct? That's correct. Now, how much of an impact do you think that that has, knowing that you guys are going to have your own locker room, you guys are going to be playing in your own gym for those district games? I think it's huge. I think we're, um, we're we play really well at home. We're seven and two right now at home. Uh, away, we're you know we're four and seven, and we're one and one neutral court. So the seven and two. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it makes a big deal. Um, like the other night playing at Kenwood, that's a gym that looks a lot like us, uh, like ours. And, and so West Creek looks a lot like ours. So, uh, you know, you go to different places and different depth perception behind the goals and um, different lighting. I think I think it makes a huge difference. But I, I think the biggest difference is our student section has been great this year. Um They've been excited. They've had theme nights, and uh, and we've had a just great crowd. Like tonight, I mean, we're pulling up the upper section of Bushers, and we're thinking we're going to pack this place tonight. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I've, if I've ever actually seen that upper section packed, so I look forward to seeing that. It's obviously going to be an awesome atmosphere, starting with that girls game between a couple of really good girls programs, and then big game for first place <laughs> right after. So um, now, Johnny, I know we're a basketball That's podcast. Exactly we're right. We, we did this with uh, Carl Miller from White House Heritage before you, um, but I want to give you a chance to potentially earn some bragging rights. Um, the Super Bowl this weekend. Give us a prediction. Who who you think uh, is going to walk out of there with the trophy? Yeah, Lee, that's a great question. I think that, you know, Joe Burrow and what he's done with the Bengals, um, that dude just don't lose. Uh, going all the way back but you know what there is something about that home court advantage just like here home field advantage out there in la mm-hmm. uh, they got a bunch of weapons i'm gonna go with it. i'm going to la all right Give well you know what come on yeah yes yeah you got a score for us oh let's go uh 42 rams uh 27 42-27 Rams. 
Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, Carl Miller gave us, I think it was like 47, 44 or something. So we're expecting a lot of offense in this one. He had the Bengals. So, um, you know, if, if you had it right, we'll give, we'll give you a shout out in the, uh, in next week's podcast. Um, and hopefully we can give you yeah, a shout out for anyway. What was that? What's Carl know about football anyway? He's a basketball guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're a multi-talented guy. Um, exactly. So hopefully we can give you a shout-out for that. Hopefully we can give you a shout-out for a great game tonight as uh, Rossview hosts Clarksville, a game that might be selling out the entire Rossview gym. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it, Coach. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for all that you guys do. Hey, it's our pleasure, man. So, Brady, you went a couple of times and asked, you know, Coach Miller and Coach Jackson what their score prediction for the Super Bowl was. Uh, I'll give you a chance to uh, actually touch on tonight's game. Give, give me a score prediction on that one, Rossview Clarksville. Who, who you got? Man, that's going to be tough. Um, I'm going to go with the girls' game first because that's also a game for first place. Um, you know, similar to the boys' game, the Rossview girls are undefeated and the Clarksville girls only have one loss. Um so, you know, it's kind of that that inverse situation of the boys' game. Um, Rossview won that game by one point last time in Clarksville's gym. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm going to take – I'm going to go with Rossview 50, Clarksville 47. But Amari Berry might score like 40 points. <laughs> um, now, for the boys' game, you know, that, that crowd is just going to be insane. Um but I got to give, in a situation like that, the edge to a little more of a veteran team um, with one of the more veteran players in, in the area with J.J. Wheat. He's played in crowds like that his entire career. Um, you know, whereas some of these Ross U guys, you know, we, 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 Johnny was saying, you know, they don't they're kind of learning on the fly a little bit. They, they've learned a lot up to this point, but they haven't played in a ton of games where a gym is going to be as loud as that one tonight is going to be. Um, so I'm going to take Clarksville in that game. It's hard to pin down a score, but I'm going to go with, we'll say 65, 55. 10 point win. Wow. I think was, Clarksville had a pretty handily. I mean, it was close to, I know it was double digits the last time, 65 to 47. So yeah. So that was nearly a 20 point game last time, but uh, yeah. So, but but before we got to Johnny, we were talking about our players of the week. We had um, uh, Marley Hyde for White House for the girls' side, and Robertson, Satara Warren for Clarksville Academy on uh, Montgomery side. Uh, why don't you give us your uh, boys' player of the week? Yeah, so I kind of flew under the radar, you know, and Joe Burns tends to do that a little bit based on its placement. But you know, Kenny Tolliver had, had a great week for Joe Burns, and you know, the Red Devils have won five of six, and their last three games. They're still trying to find their footing a little bit, but Tolliver's averaging 24 points in back-to-back games and 22 over his last three. He's a he's a slimmer guy, would probably fit you know at a three with a college program, but him and Jacob Miller kind of fit the four and five down low uh, to give Joe Burns all of his offense. But you know he he played really well this week. Had 24 against Trousdale in what was a really big game because Trousdale was the number two seed. And, you know, now they kind of fight for that spot and are tied for that spot down the stretch. So I think I think I'm going to go Kenny Tolliver with Joe Burns. Big game tomorrow between them and Greenbrier. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit, you know, with with Brady. He mentioned the, you know, Northeast 
Northeast girls, Northeast boys. And, you know, we just got done talking with Coach Jackson, Ross v. Clarksville, big rivalry game coming up. And, you know, I'll go ahead and mention what, what my game of the week coming up is. You know, we, we've got a big one this week with White House Heritage in Cheatham County. We, we talked with Coach Miller about that as well. I think on the girls' side and the boys' side, that's a big game. Uh, on the girls' side, it's probably what we'll have matched up in District 9 AA for the district tournament. Sycamore is the top seed in that district, while Cheatham County's number two, White House Heritage fighting for number three. And, you know, we mentioned it last week with Coach Clay Head. You know, Heritage is six and four over the past 10 games in the second half of the season. They're having a great start. And Heritage and Cheatham County, you know, it was a bit of a tongue twister talking about those tiebreakers, but I think it'll be an exciting game. There's a lot on the line. And, you know, you definitely don't want to be in that playing game. You definitely don't want to play Fairview next week. So, Brady, now that you're back, tell us what uh, your boys' game of the week is. Yeah, apologies for that. My uh, my Wi-Fi is acting up a little bit. But uh, <laughs> my boys' game of the week, um, I'm going with uh, a potential game of the week. Um, this could be uh, the Clarksville Academy boys versus Friendship Christian boys in the uh, D2A Middle District 4 postseason. Uh, they split the regular season series, including um, just last week when uh, FCS beat Clarksville Academy. Um, and, and this game will be in, as assuming it happens, uh, it, it would be in Friendship Christian's gym. Um, and the winner of that game would get a uh, home court game for the uh, potential region tournament. Uh, so that's going to be a huge game between Clarksville Academy and – Yeah, I, th- I think that game was 43-44 to 44 when Friendship Christian – hosted Clarksville Academy last time. I know that we haven't been able to make it out to either of those games. I don't think Brady's had the chance, but, you know, Friendship Christian's having a turnaround year. Shout out to Wilson County. And, you know, on that other side of the bracket is good pasture without Isaiah West, Springfield native. So nice um, Robertson County connection there. Uh, So moving on to the one thing segment, I'll go ahead and kind of talk about what, what I've got rolling with for this week. We'll start. With Springfield boys basketball, we'll, we'll stay in District 13-4A a little bit. Uh, depending on how the last couple of games turn out, we've got you know a big game on Thursday for the Yellow Jackets. They'll play at Northeast and almost decides what the play-in game will be for 13-4A. You know, I, as I've mentioned before, the Jackets have struggled after losing three of you know their top five players from last year, losing three starters and. Jaquarian Column, Caleb Chapman, and Savion Scott. But, you know, if if Northeast is the team they end up playing in the play-in game, that would be the fourth time in the regular season and the postseason that they've matched up with them. And I don't know if I've ever heard of that before, but, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. So they played in Russellville for a Christmas tournament, and, of course, they play twice in the regular season. You've heard the adage, it's tough to beat a team three times. Not sure if that applies to four, but – you know, Springfield so far 2-0 and against Northeast and 0-2 against West Creek. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, that and uh, and you add in that uh, Northeast is 2-0 against West Creek and 0-2 against Springfield. It's 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 a tricky situation there. But, yeah, that's going to be a big game on Thursday. Um, I'm, I, I, for one of my one things, I'm going to be looking at the Rossview girls. You know, we kind of touched on them there briefly for a second, but this team just keeps winning. Uh, they're on a 10-game winning streak right now heading into tonight's game against Clarksville High. Obviously, um, 
one of the, one of those wins in that streak came against Clarksville High when uh, Amari Berry missed a potential buzzer beater to win that game. Um, we'll see what they can do tonight. If they can win that game, then they're looking at an 11-game winning streak heading into the postseason. And, I mean, when you're that hot and you host the district tournament, I mean, the Rossview girls just kind of look like a juggernaut right now. Um, it's it's going to be hard to imagine them getting knocked off when they're playing this well. But, of course, huge game against Clarksville. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. For sure. Yeah, and I think we, we keep alluding to that game, and I, I can't wait to see what the final score is tonight. But, you know, next next one thing for me, Robertson County will go Joe Burns girls basketball. I had a, a little bit planned out for this, but uh, I think I'm going to totally go off script for what I what I learned this morning. So, uh, you know, Joe Burns played Greenbrier tomorrow, and, of course, I, I do my typical research for that game. And I start looking through huddle and looking through stats and stuff, and Joe Burns is riding a little bit of a win streak. I think it's three straight since losing at East Robertson in a rivalry game. And you know, they're the top seed in their district. Joe Burns has clinched that. And tomorrow will just be a season finale. But 91 to 4 against Knowledge Academies in a girls basketball game. Grayson Bryant on February 1st, 44 points. And that is the highest, you know, if if you don't believe me, it's the highest point total in Robertson County this season. Daniel Bale had 42 against White House uh, just before December to, to earn that mark. But, you know, 91-4 to four is probably the – Brady, you think that's the most lopsided score you've seen? Yeah, that's up there. The one, I could, the, the one that comes to mind for me was 78-5 um, to five when Gallatin beat West Creek Girls in 2019. You were at that game, right? That was one of the first games I covered actually since moving down here. Yeah, that was that was something. Um, but ninety-eight to four. I mean, that's whew. yeah, not not much. If, if, if that's the kind of game where uh, if you're at it and you're covering it, I, I just wouldn't even bother interviewing either coach because you know what are, what are they gonna say? <laughs> um, uh, my next one thing, you know, I kind of mentioned Clarksville Academy, the boys. Um, They've they've gonna have they're gonna have to turn it around. I mean they're playing tonight. Um, if they can win that, they're gonna be going and playing uh, FCS. Um, can they turn it around? I mean they've lost two of their last three games. Uh, they lost to Good Pasture and FCS. Um, beat Ezel Harding uh, on Saturday. Um, I mean this is they're they're a really good talented basketball team. Of course Eddie Ricks is one of the best players in in the state for his class, um, but. You know they're struggling a little bit, and and, you, and that's not something that you want to be doing heading heading into your district tournament because um, your season can end just like that. So, um, you know that, that's going to be huge for them is uh, is to see if they can really kind of flip the script and and get winning a little bit. Yeah, you know we talked about it a little bit. You know whenever we were covering you know some girls soccer district championships, I think you know you mentioned early in the year, I you thought that Clarksville Academy would be a state tournament team. You know, you thought they had a high probability with Eddie Ricks and the guys that they were returning of getting back to that point. And I don't, I don't know if Coach Hickman would would say that they've underachieved, but you know, I think you probably expected going into the regular season to at least be the two seed. You know, if a healthy mm-hmm. Isaiah West is there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they got swept by Good Pasture um, without Isaiah West, and you know, th- I know that those were. Two uh, very close games, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can do because uh, I still think that they have the talent to get there, but it's it's really just going to be a matter of execution. 
Yeah, you know, the last one thing I've got, White House boys basketball. I've touched a little bit on White House this season, but, um, you know, last night was a probably one of the more interesting games that I've seen uh, as my time as sports reporter at The Connection. Started 21-3, to you know, Creekwood with an advantage over White House, and they led 30-5 to at one point, which is probably, at that point, like you said, 91-4, to you don't know what to do coverage-wise. But this game got within 12 four separate times in the second half. It, it, it was almost, you know, I couldn't believe how close White House was getting after falling down that much. You never see that, you know. First off, you don't see a team going up 25 in the second quarter. But second off, you don't see a team coming back from it very often. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the one thing that you kind of point out for White House's season, and Coach Cook kind of mentioned this last night, it was the 10th time this season they've played 25 games, if I'm not mistaken. 10 of their 25 games, they've allowed 70 or more points. You're not going to win very many games. Your offense can be high-powered. You can shoot a lot of threes. But you're not going to win very many games if you keep allowing that much. Mm-hmm. So you know, if, if White House wants to make it past the play-in game against Montgomery Central, which they're locked into, and then you know that next game would more than likely be against Greenbrier, it comes down to defending and figuring out how to lock another team down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously the the cliche is defense win cha- wins championships, but defense will win you games too. <laughs> you need to win games to get to to winning championships. So, allowing that many points is yeah. I mean, you're never gonna be able to do a lot when you're doing that. No. Um, now, my final one thing is uh, I'm going to talk about the Clarksville boys. Uh, I know this is kind of a team that we've talked uh, quite a bit, uh, quite a bit about today. Uh, at least in uh, with Johnny, we talked about them a good amount. Um, but this team, I mean, under coach Ted Young, they've just been as cohesive as ever. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, JJ Wheat earlier. I don't think I've ever seen him hungrier than he is right now. I mean, after every game, he, he, this isn't a guy who's on social media a lot, but after every game, he's like, he's going on Twitter saying like, keep counting us out. We keep winning. Um, you know, this is our season. Like this guy, like you can just tell how, how badly he wants this and how much fun he's having this season. Um, and when, when they're on a, um, I think they're on an eight game winning streak right now. If I, if I, if, if I'm corrected on there, uh, seven or eight games, um, but they could, if they went out, they could be in a 10 game winning streak heading into the postseason. Um, so they've just, they just keep winning games right now. And, you know, this is, this is a team that lost a lot of talent from last year. You know, I, I've talked about that in the past, um, but JJ Weed and Jaheim Berry, along with some role players who are perfectly filling in their role. Um, there's such a cohesive team. And of course, head coach, Ted Young, he was my coach of the year last year. Right now he's 100% in consideration for that this year. Um, he's just got this team playing just great basketball. So, um, they're a fun team to watch and, um, yeah, that that's uh, that that that's a team that I've really had a lot of fun watching this year. Yeah, Clarksville, according to Coach T, on a nine-game winning streak dating back to December thirtieth, so they haven't lost in yeah. the new year. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned they're probably the front runner again. You know, eighteen and two, I believe, mm-hmm. eighteen and two on the season. You're not doing much wrong at that point, and when you've got guys like Jaheim Berry and you know, JJ, it's going to go a long way, especially in district play. But Brady, let me transition really quick. And, you know, you brought up the Super Bowl, you know, and we asked some score predictions. I see you're wearing the Detroit Tigers hat. Of course, Mm -hmm. you're probably a little biased for Matt Stafford here, but, you know, give me, give me a score prediction. Give me who you got for the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Matt Stafford. This feels like the, the Super Bowl um, with the two most with the most likable quarterback matchup in a long time. I mean, I don't think anybody except like Alabama fans can hate Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, that guy is just so likable. I mean, <laughs> how could you not like that guy? Um, and then Stafford, of course, his longstanding suffering with the Lions. People um, kind of counted him out for a while because, you know, he's on the Lions. They're not winning a lot there. So, you know, he, he can't be very good if they're not winning, right? But, um, you know, I've always said football is more than just uh, a team's quarterback. So um, I'm really happy to see him succeeding, even if it means the Lions pick from the Rams is getting worse and worse with every win. Um, but I am going to go with the Rams. Um, obviously, Stafford is is my guy. Um, but I think they just have a really good team, um, bordering on super team, if if we <laughs> if we still use that term. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Rams. I'll say 34-28. No, I'm not. I'm not that big of a. You know, I watched the NFL a little bit, but I'll, I'll go with the Bengals. But let me try to put you on the spot here, Brady. You we're talking about the Super Bowl, MSP North podcast, of course. Robertson, Montgomery counties. If you were to take any player from the Bengals or from the Rams and try to compare them to a football player from your county, who would it be and why? Man, that is tough. Uh, I would say I see a little bit of. Joe Mixon from the Bengals with Northeast running back, or I really guess kind of a do-it-all guy, Tyke Blanton, just real slippery, um, good runner, runs with some swagger, um, fun to watch. So that would probably have to be be my choice. I'm sure for you it would probably be like Taylor Groves and Jalen Ramsey or something. Yeah, you know, that's probably the safe pick. If, if I had to pick anybody, you're going to pick the guy that's, you know, SEC bound and a four-star prospect. Um, maybe Derek Taylor and, or Nathan Robinson slides in there, but, you know, you got to go with the guys that are nationally ranked, and you know, those guys will have some NFL comparison along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you guys for tuning in another week of the MSP North podcast. Um, I, I had some technical difficulties there in the middle of it, but uh, we, we stuck through it. Um, Blaine can carry a show for the moments that I'm gone. Uh, that's why he's my co-host, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tried to tried to hold on there a little bit. I think I think the show lacked without you, though. Hey, that's, that's why we're co-hosts, right? That's uh, we're, we, we complete each other. Um But, yeah, thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, We uh, look forward to talking to you guys again next week. You've been listening to the MSP North Podcast with your hosts, Blaine Keller and Brady McAtamney. Follow Brady on Twitter at Brady underscore MSP and Blaine at sports underscore BK. Don't forget to find them online at MainStreetPreps.com. The MSP North Podcast is a production of Main Street Media.